everyone, it's your girl Teresa and welcome to the Dear Future Hubby podcast. I am your host, Teresa Reese, and y'all know how we do it. I am going to read a poem from my book of poetry entitled A Strong-Willed Mind, Healing Scars Over Time Through My Poetry. And the name of the poem is called Believe. No matter what you're going through, you never are alone. Jesus loves you very much. He is there for you to hold. You might not even understand what is happening right now, but let the Lord fight your battles. It's not for you to figure out. It shouldn't be hard for you to do. Believe me when I say it only takes a few minutes of your time to humble yourself and pray. He'll never leave you or forsake you. The words he speaks are true. You can trust him with your whole heart, the old you becoming new. His way is life and liberty. Believing in him changes everything. He believes in you, although you may doubt yourself. He sends encouragement and his angels to help. When you run out of answers, that's when he'll say, just pray. So I wanted to just talk tonight about some of the journey that I've been on in the course of my life. Um, I remember when I lost custody of my three oldest children. That by far was probably the toughest, hardest time that I have truly ever endured. One moment, I lost my oldest daughter. A few months later, I lost my other two to custody battles. And it's really crazy when you are in a custody battle and in the back of your mind, you're like, oh my goodness, I gave birth to these children. So there's no way in hell that I would ever lose them only to find yourself in hell because you did lose them. And I remember taking my frustration out on some of the people closest to me because I did not know how to form or even articulate the level of hurt and pain that I felt when I lost custody of my three oldest children. Not only that, I lost custody to people that I entrusted with my truth. And so I have not always been the greatest person. I've gone through things. I've had, you know, moments of just truly trying to discover who I was. I've had, I've been volatile. I've been angry. Um, just before I ever went and got counseling and got therapy, it was a lot of things that I internalized that I had experienced in my childhood and my teenage years that I never truly dealt with. I just, it just kept piling and piling and piling up. And so when it finally did hit, my whole world came crashing down because it was so much that I lost in the process. Um, but I'll never forget feeling like when I lost my children, how I had lost my will to live. I went through so much hurt and depression. Didn't even know it was depression. Had no idea that it was depression. But I had all these crazy thoughts running through my mind. 
I remember when I, the day that I lost custody of my two youngest children, I was living in Dallas. And so I had to go drive to Austin for the actual custody battle. And I hadn't slept good at all, mainly because my nerves were bad. I didn't know what to prep for. I didn't know what you know, I didn't know what I was up against, had not one clue. And so I was so deep sleep deprived. I think I was up literally for 24 hours just thinking about all the possibilities of what could happen in court. And when I just when I found out that I had lost custody of my children, I tried to like save face. And it really hurt me because the judge, she wasn't even I found out later she wasn't even a real judge, but what really got to me was when she said, although I lived in Dallas because of how she had orchestrated the new court order and all of that, I could not see my children. So to add insult to injury, you're stripping me from sole custody of my children. But then you have the audacity to tell me that I got to drive back from out of town the following weekend just to see my children. And that whole situation was so heartless. I had never, not that I'm aware of, I don't think that I had ever dealt with that type of cruelty. And I didn't know how to process that. And it, looking back, I realized just how naive I was. Because I was, in a sense, I grew up in a bubble. That's the best way for me to put it. I was very sheltered, couldn't go nowhere, couldn't do anything, extremely sheltered, didn't know a whole lot, had to learn it the hard way. And I trusted people. I trusted people because I felt like, well, I know I could be trusted. So surely whoever I'm dealing with, they could be trusted too. That was one of the toughest lessons of my life is finding out that everyone that says that they're for you is not for you. That a lot of things are driven by hatred, indifference, pain, unforgiveness, strife, discord, the need to be right. The list goes on. But I learned that the hard way and I was a young adult. So to find out that the people that I had formed relationships with, that I grew to love, that I grew to respect, did not truly have my best interest at heart. That was a blow to me like no other. And I had to process that the best way that I knew how. Now, I, I have never been a person that does drugs. But when I look back over the course of my life, even though I wasn't a person that that was, that's not my vice. That's not my proclivity. Drugs is not my proclivity. Sex used to be, but not drugs. And so looking back, I was like, huh, 
because I had so many layers of pain that I never took the time to process until like after the fact, until after the damage was so, so done. Because for the longest time, as a person of color, as a black woman, you hear so often, we don't need to go to counseling. We don't need therapy. What are they going to tell us about ourselves that we can't tell you that we can't learn on our own and all that other stuff? Come to find out therapy was so necessary for me because I had years of verbal abuse, physical abuse, mental abuse, just all this stuff piled up within and it was spewing out. It was like, it's like detoxing, but it was the relate, just like the conversations, the treatment, having a detox when it comes to relationships. I had to go through that process of healing and detox myself from the lies And detox myself from, oh, you're an unfit mother. Oh, no one will ever love you. Oh, just all the lies. I had to to unpack that stuff so that I could see who I truly was before I allowed so many people who did not mean me any earthly or spiritual good to talk into my life. And taking those layers off, Slowly but surely, cracking the record, breaking the record of all the stinking thinking. That is a process that takes so much work and so much time to where you start to realize this was not who I was. This was someone's insecurity. This was someone's indifference. This was somebody's just their own baggage, their own issues being spewed onto me. And because I did not have the tools to be able to knock those darts down, they formulated in my psych, they formulated in my mental, they formulated in everything that was me then. And my children suffered because of that. I didn't know how to be a mother. I was not taught how to be a mother to my children. I could only go by the examples that I was given, whether they were good, bad, ugly, or indifferent. I could only go by what I was familiar with. And so because of that, my poor babies suffered because I did not have the tools to be the very best version of myself while they were growing up. And because I could not recognize who was truly for me and I could not recognize who was truly against me, by the time it even dawned on me, it was too late. The enemy was already in the camp. And... I wish that I would have been given the tools at an earlier age so that I could have recognized this person is not for you. So that I could have recognized how to look for a way of escape. 
so that I could have recognized how to not trust people that have not made themselves trustworthy. But because I didn't have those examples, because I didn't have those conversations, a lot of lessons that I learned were the tough, hard lessons. Losing my children was one of the worst times of my life because that's something that's very hard to bounce back from. That's a reality that is hard to digest. That's a wound that can easily have salt poured into it at any given moment. And that's a trigger. So I know that whomever God is allowing me to meet. That he will have to understand that because the wounds run so deeply, there will be times that something may be said. There will be times that something may be done and I'm not necessarily taking it out on you, but at the same time, it could be a conversation that comes up and you weren't privy to it beforehand and you don't know, but it's like, oh, okay, I guess I can't talk to her about that. It's not necessarily that certain things can't be spoken to me about. It's just all in the presentation. So I remember that there was this one guy that I was, that I was dating that didn't last long. But anyway, I remember, and I don't, to this day, I haven't really like, you know, had another conversation with him. But one of the reasons why I kind of had to end that relationship is because there was a lot of things that he would say. And I don't, to this day, I don't know if that was just him being a narcissist or what, but it was certain things that he would say that would make me literally my whole demeanor would change and not in a positive way. And I was like, I've been down this road before. I've dealt with the type of people that would bring the worst out of me and I would excuse their behavior away and still try to maintain a relationship with them. Now I'm starting to recognize that's not what I desire. That's not what I want. I don't even want to be around it because I noticed that some people that are wounded, you know, there's it's something that where they say hurt people, hurt people. That is so true because when I pay now that I pay more attention to the words that come out of people's mouths concerning me and I know how to kind of shut it down at the gate. I used to not do that. What I noticed is that if you allow certain people to speak over you and you don't nip it in the bud, there are very underhanded curses, very sly curses that can be spoken over your life. And if you're not careful, you could actually come into agreement with that curse and wonder why things are happening the way, the way that they are in your life. Now that I have recognized that that is a plot of the enemy, Whenever I start to hear someone speaking something and they may in, in nine times out of 10, you got to check the root because nine times out of 10, it's based out of fear. When people see you in the light that they see you in and they can't see you beyond that version of how they see you, 
the minute that you start blossoming and you start growing beyond their own personal perception of who it is they believe that you should be in whatever time frame they believe that you should be it, then they will start speaking into your life. And if you don't pay attention, you will be like, what in the world is happening? You'll start to figure out like, wait a minute. No, I was trying to go right. And here it is. I'm going left. And then if you start paying attention to the dialogue and the different conversations you've been having, honey, that person spoke a curse over you. You need to counsel the assignment of the enemy. So what I started to notice is it was certain things that were said about me in my younger years. Oh, you're an, un she's an unfit mother. Okay. First and foremost, being a parent does not come with the blueprint. Let me just start there. It, it doesn't come with a blueprint. You got to read books. You got to educate yourself. You got to ask questions. You got to surround yourself with wise people. Been there. Done. You got to do a whole lot if you want to succeed at parenting. So when I realized that a curse, and it was multiple, so people had came into agreement with this curse. When I realized that that was a curse that was placed on my life, I had to go back and uproot the lies of the enemy. Now, I don't get it 100% every time. But once I recognized that that's what I was being called was an unfit mother, then I did the opposite of what the devil was trying to speak over me. And I started making sure that I was present for my children, that I had conversations with my children, my youngest three children, that I tried to reconcile my relationship with my older three children. And then that I kept the door open if they weren't ready to reconcile in this season of their life. I've kept the door open. And I made sure that I apologize. I've done all of the work. However, what I noticed is that that is something that it, that has to be done even in relationships. That whoever it is that we're with, we have to be careful. Like even who we share the fact that we're in a relationship with someone. Because we don't, we never know what that other person's intention is. So I, I used to wonder like what it meant to guard the heart. Now I understand guarding my heart is way more than just guarding my heart. It's guarding my vision. It's guarding my dreams. It's guarding all of that. It's guarding my relationships. It's all of that. Because yes, it's so very true. The enemy comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. He is seeking whom he may devour. And he doesn't care who he uses to do it. And so now in the course of me raising my younger three children, I became way more protective in terms of who I dealt with, why I dealt with them, all of that. So now I have my 19 year old, my 17 um, year old and my 15 year old. She'll be 15 on Valentine's day. And um, I literally am very protective. I'll give you an example. So the other day, I'm going to call him a acquaintance friend, acquaintance slash friend. We haven't really like had a, a real conversation in months, but he sent me a message, a text message and told me that he was going to be in town and could he crash at my place? I was immediately vexed in my spirit. Immediately. It would no ifs and buts about it. And part of me, it was like a righteous indignation. It was like, it didn't matter if the intention was pure or not. In my mind, it was like the audacity of you to even think that my place is an option for you and I'm a single mother. That's where I'm at now. 
I wasn't that way 20 years ago. 20 years ago, if he said, hey, I need to crash at your house because I'm going to go take my nephew here, da, 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 I would have been like, oh, sure, this is my address. Not thought about my children, not thought about the safety of my children, not thought, I just would have just trusted that this person's intentions were pure. That's an example of where I was mentally back then because I was so trusting of people, not thinking how their behavior may affect me or my children. Just trusting that if you say that these are your intentions, surely these are your intentions. Being naive. Now, I don't care what your intentions are. If it don't look right, if it doesn't sound right, I don't want to have any parts to it because there is a part of the Bible that talks about don't let your good intentions be ill spoken of. And so it doesn't matter that you may just need somewhere to crash. You know how many hotels there are before you get to my place? You need to try one of those. But the crazy thing is when I'm looking back at all of that, what I really what this is what I okay. Now, keep in mind, my children are 19, 17 and about to be 15. This is what I said. And I was like, wow, this is the truth that I'm in right now. I said, men don't come around these parts. Men don't visit my home unless it's a relative of ours. And I stood in that because I was like, wow, Lord, you wow. This is where my mind is at now. This is where my walk with you is now. I don't want just anybody around my children. I don't want just anybody in my presence. Like it has to be a God ordained situation. And that has not always been where my mind was at. Now, mind you, there are always going to be people that P-R-E-Y on your shortcomings that look for where you fall short and use it against you in some way, form or fashion. What I've learned though, is that those types of relationships, like if I tell someone, let's say I'm dating someone and I tell someone this happened to me. If that person is using that incident against me in a latter conversation, you're not who God has for me. I'm so sorry. Because what I'm not going to do is put myself in a situation where my truth cannot be handled by the person that I am trying to spend the rest of my life with. If the person that I am trying to spend the rest of my life with cannot handle all of me, good, bad, ugly, or indifferent. If I can't handle all of him, good, bad, ugly, or indifferent, we do not need to be together. Because one of the things that I have literally asked and prayed for is that the, whoever it is that I am with, that we have no secrets. And in order for me to be fully transparent with you, you need to be fully transparent. Well, actually, I'm going to be transparent regardless whether you are or not, because that's just how I roll. But what my desire is, is that as I am fully transparent with you, I pray that you will be equally fully transparent with me. Like I'm the type of female that I will tell 
whoever, well, I've told them in the past, don't let me be blindsided. Whatever you got going on, tell me. I'm a big girl. I can handle it. Now, back in the day, I probably couldn't. But now it's, it's not, you know, I, a lot of stuff don't catch me off guard because I feel like I've been through hell and back. So it's a lot of stuff that just doesn't, I don't get blindsided like I used to. Not only that, my prayer life is on fleek. So even the things that I may be blindsided by, I know it's going to be revealed to me eventually. But yes, my past is not squeaky clean. I lost custody of my three oldest children. That was one of the deepest pains that I've ever dealt with. That is, that's a part of my life sometimes that I wish that I could take back. I wish that I would have known. I wish I would have known. I wish I would have known who I was dealing with. I wish I would have did more research. I wish I would have asked more questions. I just wish I would have known. But maybe I had to go through that. Maybe my children had to go through that because by all, by all of us going through it, it's made us stronger in different areas of our lives. And maybe that strength is what's going to be necessary to bring us through another area of our lives. That had we not gone through it, then we probably wouldn't know how to get through it. And so, although I would not wish that type of pain on anybody. I know that all things work together for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. And I know I am called according to his purpose. So this is going to conclude my podcast on tonight. But before I end it, I have to finish by reading a letter to my future hubby. So here it goes. And it was written on February the 2nd of 2021. And it says, Dear future hubby, today is the last day that my 19-year-old will be 19 years old by the grace of God. Josh turns 20 years old on tomorrow, February 3rd, 2021. I understand that this may not seem like a big deal to most people. But it is a huge deal to me, considering the fact that although I have given birth to six beautiful children and I've had one miscarriage, I have only mothered three of them from birth until now. You see, when my oldest daughter was eight, my second daughter was four, and my oldest son was two years old, I lost custody of them. Those were by far some of the darkest days of my life, but God. I once told my oldest three children that even though I was never on drugs, a lot of the ways they be- in a lot of ways they became collateral damage because in my efforts to look for love in all the wrong places, I didn't look to love them in all the right spaces. As a result, they were taken from me. I look at my youngest three as God's way of showing his redemptive power. All things, all the things I was called when I lost custody of my children from an unfit mother 
to a crazy mother, you name it. Isn't it crazy how people can use your weakness against you? Who knew that my being so naive and trusting the wrong people would cause me to lose so much? I was that girl. The one who was so sheltered that she believed everyone at their word. I was trustworthy. And I assumed that the people I was dealing with were too. I hadn't been exposed to too many people, so I didn't know who to guard my heart from. Now is a little different. But I thought you should know, my past is not squeaky clean. I love you. Love, Teresa. So I hope y'all have a blessed and wonderful evening. Like I always say, take care of yourself because there is only one you. Signing out, your girl, Teresa.